0: You are listening to a message from Thrive Community Church, a church located in southwest Florida. For more info, visit us at thrive-fl.org. Ten years ago, John and Lisa, you guys uh, decided to unplant your lives, all right, from Gainesville, Florida, move John, uh, Justin and Emma along with your whole family, to Southwest Florida, to be able to start a new church, a new campus ministry. Um, and there was a team of people, I think we called them the core team at the time. Um, some of those core team members are here today. Some of them are with Jesus today as well. And, uh, So there's this this vision of what this campus ministry, what this church might look like. And later that summer, as things were, um, as we were prepping and getting ready as a church, John, you gave me a call to consider, to interview possibly, to join this particular church that was called Thrive Community Church to start a college campus ministry Um, and That conversation turned into an interview. That interview turned into us packing our bags from St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, coming down here to Southwest Florida to be a part of this new local church 10 years ago. And at the time, uh, Kyrie and I, we were both excited. To be honest, we were terrified. Who trusts two 26-year-old newlyweds (laughs) to be able to lead a college campus ministry to help start a church? Um, Okay, they're asking us, fine, we'll, we'll do it. Because to be honest with you, it was put upon our hearts the importance of what it looked like to be able to disciple other people, other college students. Why? Because we had leaders and other people in local churches that discipled us, that mentored us, that loved us so well. And we felt called to be a part of this particular local church. So we moved here. We got here. Kyrie, I don't know if you remember, we went to salsa dancing clubs at the campus. Um, We went to uh, just some of the the craziest events that were happening, and we just immersed ourselves as missionaries um, helping start this local church. And that connected us with so many different people, like yourself. Um, so many students and uh, it was it was an ongoing um, relationship that we had with those people and so that's what started Thrive FGCU later that year John already connected with some other students of other sister congregations um, that were already at the FGCU campus and that's what officially started the RSO for Thrive FGCU all right and it was wild and it was good and I remember Many of you in this room and other people from other local congregations would um, slave away to be able to cook some of the most amazing home-cooked dinners, and where Kiri and I were begging people all over the Cohen Center at FGCU said, come and receive this free meal. We just want to hang out. And of course, you get college students like, all right, free meal, but who are you? Um, In fact, there was this one girl She was sitting at the front desk, and I pestered her so much. I was like, hey, there's free food. I know you're working right now, but you should grab free food. And she's like, yeah, smile, okay? you know, creepy, weird, bald guy, right? And uh, um, we'll come eventually. And then eventually, that particular person who's here today um, decided to take us up in that offer. And not just Gabby, but so many other students to be able to gather together in Cohen Center to start having conversations about God, about life, about culture, where God is moving, and what that looks like for themselves as college students at FGCU. So before getting into this, I realized not that not everyone really knows me. Right? Some of you do, and, and some of you maybe this is the first time. And my name is Phil. And 10 years ago, I got to be a part of the, the start of the church plant here at Thrive FGCU. And believe it or not, five years ago was the last time I was up here weeping my eyes. <laughs> and I promised myself I am not going to do it today. I'm, I might, but that's okay. Um, because God was calling us into something different. And so Kiri and I, we live in Nashville, Tennessee now, and we do training with young leaders all across the United States. But really, our heart and, um, and is with you guys, this local church here at Thrive. You guys have impacted us so much. Um, the love that we've received from you all, whether you know it or not, whether this is the first time you meet or meeting me today, um, we've been impacted by you. And if you are new to this church or you've been coming here for just a little bit or, or whatever that might look like, let me just tell you this. This is a place that you can be loved. You can be sent. Um, and this is a place that is going to come alongside you. Because why? That happened to us. And so we have all... Um, give all the thanks and gratitude to this local church and what this church has meant for both Kyrie and myself. So I I called John September. You know, I think you guys had a hurricane that came into town. And yeah, I know. I know there's, I know it's been really hard. Um, But the first question I asked John is how are you doing and how is Thrive doing? And there was a sense of, well, It's another thing. We're tired. You know, we just finally seemed like we were stepping into normalcy, and then, yet another hurricane came. And that was, uh, and and our hearts long for you. So at that point, I said, hey, John, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I think what what we should probably do is call upon some of the former Thrive FGCU students back in the day. Um, We can make a reunion out of it. In fact, 10 years ago, Thrive started. And so why don't we gather some of these people together and, uh, and we can celebrate, but then also, we realize how tired you guys all have been. Maybe this could be a way that we can give back to the community. So many different people um, even flew down here this weekend, um, and we had an opportunity to gather together, celebrate, remember what God has done through this local church here at Thrive Community, and give back to our community. So we are actually at a, um, an FGCU professor's home near Sanibel. Sanibel um, Island's outlet mall, so on the Fort Myers side. I don't know how best to describe that. But we we met with Mary yesterday. And here's here's a picture of the group of the former students. Um, We were serving her her neighborhood. They were under six feet of water. And uh, and in fact, I I think across the street, there was uh, a neighbor that just received power for the first time two weeks ago. And so complete devastation. We got to be there. And it was really cool just because we connected with her. Um, She is an FGCU professor, like I said. And at the end of it, after we were helping her and helping her neighbors, um, there was tears of thankfulness that even alumni of FGCU came back to serve their community. So Mary, after I sent her this picture, she sent me this text message. And I want to read it to you. It says, words can't express my gratitude for the help and the joyful spirit you all brought. These young people are smart and sensible and they clearly wanted to make an impact on our community. It brings me joy and pride to know that we at FGCU are instilling solid core values in our students and they continue to influence those around them. It's like cross pollination. They are the bees (laughs) and they make the world flourish. Gorilla hugs, Mary Wojtek. Now, okay. Get beyond the, the bees and the gorilla hugs thing. I was just like, oh, man, that's such an environmentalist professor here at FGCU. It's was like, welcome back, Phil. You are here again, right? But it made me chuckle, right? Sure, they were part of in, in a college like FGCU that you know, was probably very formative of their life. But if I were to be honest, and I would talk to every single one of those students, a lot of that had come from you all the impact that this church has made on the college campus here at FGCU, it matters. Not only does it matter to me, but it matters to them. So thank you. Thank you for who you are. It's so good to be back here with you. Um, You guys have been a place that have lifted us up. When we were here, um, many of you know we we had a really hard and long struggle with infertility. And it was very emotional for us and you guys were all praying for us and it's really cool to be back here with our two boys. And uh, Porter and Briggs, Porter who's four, Briggs who is seven months and really chunky. um, And I'm sure he would wanna say hi to you and so it's good just to be back with our family, you guys. And like I was saying before, you guys have all made an impact and I learned a lot from that, right? I learned a lot about the many spiritual leaders that are in this congregation. So I think it's very fitting to me as we are going into our sermon series, um, as we are approaching the season of Lent, you guys are talking about the Ten Commandments, right? And uh, the, the first week you guys walk through the, the first three commandments of what it means to love God, that vertical relationship that uh, we have with him and now we're going to be pressing into that horizontal relationship, what it means to be able to love other people. And it's fitting that today we're in the fourth commandment. Honor your father and mother, which is pretty cool if I'm looking at my son, who has really been having a hard time what that means sometimes. Sorry, Porter, for calling you out. I promised like, I would never do that with my kids. But like my dad did that to me all the time. And now I just did it. So sorry, man. So we're, we're, we're talking about honor our father and mother. And, and not just what that means for our parents, but then also spiritual authorities, people that have been placed in our lives. And so today we are going to be talking about that. Um, I realize when we, we talk about this particular commandment, um, it's a pretty loaded statement. It could be, right? Because maybe our relationships with our fathers and mothers are kind of rocky. They're hard. Um, They have said some things that have caused um, some massive scars. And so I want to be mindful of that, but I also think we should press into that of what this means. Now, growing up um, and going through a confirmation process through my church I remember like looking at these particular commandments and reciting uh, what it would mean. And if we were to look at the explanation um, that is given uh, by Luther, um, he would say this. We should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents or other authorities, but honor them, serve them, obey them, love and cherish them. In fact, if we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, it's not just saying honor our father and mother, but we should be honoring all people, all people, okay? Sounds pretty straightforward, um, but again, like I said, this could be a loaded statement. I was talking to um, an FGC student yesterday. I was like, hey, man, I want to let you know we're, we're going to be talking about this today, and he looked me in the eyes with a lot of panic. And he said something that I can't say at church, because there is some heaviness when it comes to this particular statement. So, um, so with that being said, let's pray, and as we dig into this particular topic today. So Jesus, thank you so much for what you are doing. Um, I feel very honored to be here this day with a church that both Kiri and I love a lot, Uh, a church that has invested so much in me and is investing in so many other people in this community, on this college campus. And and Jesus, um, I express all the thanks. So, Lord, this morning, as we talk about what it means to be able to honor our father and mother and other spiritual authorities, I realize that uh, there's a lot of pain and a lot of hardship that could come from that. And so, um, Lord, thank you for still loving us through that, even if sometimes our heart is hardened, and, and continue to teach us what that means of how we can love others just like you. We pray this in your name. Amen. So here's the question. Can I honor my parents if I don't respect them? Think about that. Can, can you honor your parents even if you don't respect them? Okay, let me, let me break that down a little bit, okay? Um, when I talk about respect, respect refers most often to our inner assessment of someone's character or achievement, while honor refers to our various demonstrations towards them and words or behaviors that express our respect. So, someone asked me one time this particular question, you know, especially should I honor, should I honor them if I don't respect them? And especially if they, um, their actions have an unrepentant heart, right? And so my first humanly reaction to that is like, yeah, that's probably what I would do. But thank goodness that we're not listening to my advice because it's not great advice. But we're going to go into scripture this morning. And I have three points or things for us to think about of what that might look like in your life in terms of what scripture has to say. All right. The first one is this. Yes, we should be able to honor and respect them because they were made in the image of God. James 3 verses 9 through 10, it says this. With a tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. And out of the same mouth come praise praise, and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. The existence of how we've been created, um, we are reminded that we are made in the likeness of God, the image of God. Some Christians refer to it as the Imago Dei. And if we start thinking this particular way and posturing our hearts, um, yes, it does become hard because we want to be able to curse our parents or we're frustrated with our parents. Uh, We don't appreciate what our boss has to say. The pastor at our former church, the things that um, he said to my wife and I, like, I I don't know if I can ever be able to recover. Um, But I'm here to remind you that um, those people, yes, who have done dishonorable things to you, um, we should still be able to honor them because they have been created in the image of God, just like you. And even though their heart may be unrepentant and they're not sorry for what they did and you want, them, you want to settle the score with them, you want them to know how much harm and how much damage that they've done in your life, remember, they're still made in the image of God. And not only maybe they're not unrepentant about that particular sin or that, that whatever that might be, but the lord longs for them to be able to return to him so he loves them no matter what all right if you want to take this a little bit deeper right we can look at culture these days and culture's pretty hard right now right i mean you can you can think about that i mean whatever whatever you're listening to fox news cnn whatever podcast you're listening to it seems like it's the end of the world right now right and here's the villain, and this is what's wrong, and we want to point the finger and settle the score, but yet we forget that that particular person who has wronged us or wronged another person has also been created in the image of God. So I want you to just to let that sink in a little bit, all right? Who that person might be, God created them, God loves them, and God wants them to return to him. The other reason why we should be able to honor um, our, our authorities, our parents um, who have disrespected us because um, these are our natural relationships, all right? These are the people that God has appointed to you, have put in your life, right? And sometimes that can be difficult too. Um, my mom is going through some major health issues right now. And uh, it, it's, it's really, I, I've seen so much pain and suffering of what she's gone through. She's now... In a wheelchair, um, and now she is um, in disability, and she's not able to perform the same things that she once did. And and what's really hard is her son, is because I've always like admired her because she's so sharp and she's always cutting edge, and she was always the go-getter, and and now she she just seems very um, she needs help, she needs a caregiver, and and to be honest with you, like. God calls us to be able to take care of those people. In fact, Leviticus 19.32 says, you shall stand up before the gray head, or maybe bald head, he didn't say that, but, and honor the face of the old man, and you should fear God, I am the Lord. All right? And so, because of those natural appointed relationships, those are the people that um, God has put in our lives. And so, maybe that feels like it's an inconvenience to you. Um, we, we should be able to honor those things. And many of you have shown me what that looks like. But for me, I'm still young. John, remind me, I'm still 36 years old. Um, that That's important to be able to honor those particular types of relationships, all right? Um, my dad actually sat down with me because we're, I've, I've been so frustrated because I've kind of been the person that's been like, all right, have you thought about this? Have you done this? You know, I'm like, we gotta do this. And, you know, he's like, you know, if, Phil, we just need you to be able to be present and to be able to love us. And if we have some stuff that we need, could you be here for us? And that's kind of convicting, right? And it seems like the honorable thing to do, right? But again, that also seems like the cop-out answer, the easy thing, because I realized that there could be still a lot of emotional abuse that could happen from that particular relationship. My dad, growing up, all right? I didn't know this till later on in his life, but um, he, um, he experienced significant trauma from his father. His father was very emotionally abusive, which has really um, been even hard for him to deal with today. And, uh, I, but yet, even later in my grandfather's life, in his last years, before he went to Jesus, um, I saw my dad serve him, love him, even though that man put him through a lot of trauma in his life. Um, It gave me a new perspective. It gave me a a way of showing not only what my my father would do, but what would Jesus do in that particular situation? So those natural relationships that have been given to us, um, even if there is some physical um, barriers um, or even if there has been emotional abuse, um, let's remember that these are the same people that have been um, given to us within these natural relationships. Third one, all right? We should honor them, even if they've been dishonorable, because they are, um, their God-ordained authority. So there's two parts to this, right? There is the elected leaders, so our politicians, and there's even spiritual leaders. And both of these types of leaders have been appointed by God and let's be honest, there are some good leaders, but then there's also some leaders that have been abusive as well. So um, think about this for a little bit, right? Let's go into the elected leaders, like these the politicians or the the people of our government authorities that have been put in front of us, right? Um, tell me when it's worked out for you. To, if you disagree with this particular elected leader, this particular politician, where if you're going to settle the score and you're going to change them, that you're going to um, yell at them, um, you're gonna put something on Twitter or social media where you're gonna put your opinions out there. Um, has anyone, you know, fell into that trap before or, or am I just the only one? Okay, thank you Hunter for being honest, all right. <laughs> I remember one time this happened, right, and there was, um, uh, I was so upset with what this government official had to say and I broke the golden rule by actually like tweeting this person back, right. Because that was going to change their heart, right? They're going to return to God. They're going to know. To, I'm going to speak some sense into them. And it was well thought out, right, like we think. And uh, next thing you know it, like maybe like 10 minutes later, I'm getting trolled by this politician's following. And like people are like requoting me and, and, and then like like saying like unreal things about who I was based upon what my Twitter profile had to say, right? And so again, That was not the most honorable thing to do or to say, right? We should pray for those officials even if we disagree with them, right? We should um, um, consider that God appointed this elected leader and these are the people that are in front of us. I mean, if we were to look in scripture and look at all the authorities and the people that were there at that time, holy mackerel, there were some awful leaders that God's people experienced, right? And I'm not trying to compare the leaders now to what happened then, but man, like we were still called to honor those people. This is a a command that's given um, in in Exodus, right? So they they knew what that looked like, even if it meant it was gonna cost their life or their, their wages or whatever that might be, we should still be able to honor them. The second is the spiritual authorities that have been given to us. Now this one again, this is a loaded statement. Sure, you can turn on the news, or you can read the latest article about um, whether it's a spiritual authority that has caused emotional, physical, or maybe even sexual abuse, and 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 now the trust in pastors. Um, this was by Barna, is considered an all-time high of the lack of trust that people have with spiritual authorities, right? Because of everything that's happened. Now, I'm not saying. That it's acceptable, like there's only should be certain leaders that should be accepted in certain positions. And if you've experienced any kind of trauma like that, let me tell you, it is wrong. Okay. And, and so they are not fit for ministry if they are if they are doing that and they're abusing people, whether that's emotional or whatever that might be. Okay. And and I want to remind you, but yes, still God has appointed other leaders that are fit for office, that are fit for serving local church. You know, we should be able to honor our pastors, our overseers. Um, you know, John, we should, you know, th- there's, a, there's a lot of wisdom that you might have to say to us. And, and so we, we should hold upon that reverently and, and with honor, even though John would admit he's not perfect, just like any of us here. So it's, it's one of those things that we should be able to honor those leaders and those that have been put in place. And sometimes it's really hard to submit to spiritual authority, right? I don't want people to tell me that, like, what I did is hurtful or harmful because I'm only going to rebuttal back to them, like, well, you're no different, right? And that's just not necessarily going to get anywhere. So we should honor those people even within their own dishonorable actions. But I said I was going to give three points, but we didn't get to, like, the things that matter the most, right? Um, So there is a bonus point right here, too, all right? We should honor because of Christ-like grace. Let me uh, tell you what Paul has to say, and he reminds us in Philippians chapter 2. He says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility and count others more significant than yourselves. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not equality did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. Okay. So by all means, what happened on the cross um, um, was not deserved. You cannot measure up because. He, Jesus, was perfect while we were not. He was gracious while we were ungracious, and he was respectful while we've been disrespectful. He honored the Father while we have dishonored the Father, but he still loved us. So, listen, if, if you don't know exactly what that love is like, I'm here to remind you today, and you are loved, right? And there has been a price that has been paid for you, And Christ offers us that grace through his death and resurrection, um, even though we have been the scum of the earth and the most dishonorable people, right? And so if we want to be able to honor our parents and honor our authorities, um, let me remind you this, like, we don't deserve that at all. So if we're going to be more like Jesus, it's going to be important that we understand that they've been made in the image of God, right? That they... Um, that they have uh, appointed people that have been God-ordained, whether those are spiritual authorities or parental authorities, whoever that might be, um, we should offer that same grace like Jesus. So I shared the story about my father, right? And, uh, you know, he went through all this abuse, this trauma, um, and I saw what he did, how he loved his father. um, and, And I thought that was a very... Honorable thing, right? He didn't have to do that. I didn't quite understand that But he did that and he went through a lot of counseling He talked to many different pastors and like his actions spoke of what Christ's um, Grace would look like But then I realized something more not only did he experience that grace and he shared that with his father But then his son who's watching from the side sees a different man and a different person be more like Jesus my father showed me what it's going to be like to be an honorable parent for my sons, right? And that there is going to be a change, a generational change. My father discipled me in this way, and he loved me even though he experienced this kind of trauma or this type of abuse. My father honored his father even though he dishonored him. And sometimes that's really hard to grasp and let move forward. But we have an opportunity, a generational opportunity, maybe a relationship that you, of a person that you are discipling. Um, whether it's a college roommate that still can't figure it out and like he just can't get along, th- there's an opportunity to give that person Jesus, right? And to be able to change others uh, to be more Christ-like in that way. So. Um, these things and these realities, like as I'm thinking about this, as I'm prepping about this, it's like, man, there's just so many people here in this room that have showed me this type of love and that deserve this type of honor. So who, who are the people in your life that still deserve the honor and respect even though they've dishonored you? Think about that. Um, have you approached that? conversation a while, how would you handle that? Does that come with um, some fierce words? Are you avoiding the issue? Possibly. Well, it's my hope that we would continue to to press into that. Uh, um, I love Lent. right? I love what Lent can do. Um, A lot of people will give up something um, during this season. Um, I I can't do that. In fact, uh, you know, as you see, like, you know, dad bod has really kicked in. And, um, but I, I don't know if I can just give up something, but I love Lent because it helps us press into some of these things, to press in to be more closely to Jesus, to be able to ask some of these harder questions. And, and it's my prayer that we would continue to pursue him as we uh, continue on with this Lenten season. So I'm going to pray for us. Um, but again, I'm so thankful to be here today. Um, it is such a joy to be in Southwest Florida. You know, it's a little hot for me. I'm I'm in the north now, and uh, man, the humidity is getting to me. And that's okay. But um, I love seeing all of your faces, whether it's 10 years ago um, or I'm meeting you for the first time today. I'm thankful again for you as a local church and how you invest in this community how you discipled others, and the impact that you make. Um, whether you are um, a member that has been here for a while or a college student, this is a community that you can belong to. And so, um, so thank you. It's good to be with you. So Jesus, thank you so much for uh, um, how you mold us, how you shape us. Um, oftentimes, Lord, um, it's easy for us to be able to... Uh, avoid trauma, um, to, uh, to try to settle the score, to be angry. Um, there are so many people that have been placed in our lives, and we don't know why sometimes, um, but you are maybe teaching us something through that relationship. And so whether it is uh, a hard relationship with your father, with our fathers or mothers, or a spiritual leader, or someone that has been put in our lives, Lord, um, may we be more like you uh, may we be more gracious, um, especially if they've been ungracious to us. May we be more forgiving, especially when they do not want to forgive our actions. Lord, um, it's, it's a constant battle. And so when you share these things, they're hard, but you're, you're molding us and you're shaping us. And so um, I'm thankful for this congregation, this local church, um, and what you do and how you're moving. And I pray that it can be a place that continues to impact so many.